welcome. My name is Joey Novick, and you are listening to New Jersey Wet Exit, Politics and Punchlines. We have a lot to talk about this week. It's been uh, two weeks since I was here live. Last week was Memorial Day, and we have a wonderful, wonderful group of guests. Um, Before we get started, what I'd like to do is introduce a very good friend and the former chair of the uh, Democratic Party in the state of New Jersey. It's our first time here. Please welcome uh, Assemblyman John Wisniewski. Joey, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you. This is the crowd goes crazy for you. So, um, I, you know, I always like to uh, ask, well, we know each other a long time, and I always, um, I've been a big fan of your work uh, in the Assembly. Um, tell us a little bit about what, uh, for our listeners, what committees you're on, what committees you're a chair of, and what do you do? What is, what is the what day of an I? Assembly? What is the day of an Assemblyman like? The day of an Assemblyman. Well, today we were in Trenton, and we had committee meetings, and we listened to testimony. But the, the day of an Assemblyman, because we're part-timers, right. we have other occupations. Michael and I practice law when we're not being legislators. It's varied. Currently, I chair the Assembly Transportation and Independent Authorities Committee, which is how I got involved in the Port Authority. And I think you've been a little busy over the past year or so on a, on a subject matter that has been uh, taken up the news a little bit. So you are, I, I know that you and uh, Senator Weinberg, Loretta Weinberg, another very good friend who I've been trying to get on the show, is uh, have been very busy over the past couple of years on the Bridgegate Affair. So mm-hmm. you're actually the guy who is the, uh, the tall guy between yourself and Loretta, which I always thought was the great between the two of you. Well, that's, uh, there's, there's a long series of jokes that if we had Loretta here, we could probably do a one-hour stand-up routine <laughs> between the senator and myself about the difference in height between the I, two I of us. I just, uh, you know, and, and I think you guys, uh, I mean, th- this became, obviously, this became a national story. It impacted the governor's uh, presidential run. I mean, it was sort of a very thorough job. But what did you learn? I know I, you mentioned you were in uh, well, court today. Well, th- big things and small things. I was in court today because in the Third Circuit, they're hearing argument or they heard argument argument about whether or not the list of unindicted co-conspirators should be released. Right. Uh, the district court judge, Judge Wigginton, had ruled it gets released. It was appealed at the last minute by Mr. John Doe. We don't know who that is, but apparently one of the people on the list who fears having their name released. Sure. And so we'll have to wait for the Third Circuit to make a ruling. But this has been you know, a very interesting journey from finding an email one night, literally a couple of days after Christmas, reading the documents that we received at that time. It was through the Transportation Committee where I found the email from Bridget Kelly saying time for traffic problems in Fort Lee, all the way fast forward to recent events where we see as an offshoot of that, the CEO of United Airlines winds up uh, not keeping his job. We learn about the chairman's flight, and now this matter is in the Third Circuit. And who knows, if there's a disagreement about what happens in the Third Circuit, this may wind up in the Supreme Court. Which, which is absolutely fascinating to me. The thing I love about New Jersey, and one of the things I love about doing the show, is I don't have to write anything. I think it, the, the material just sort of appears. Now, John Doe, if you can explain a little bit, there are unindicted, it sounds a little very Watergate-ish, the unindicted co-conspirators. I mean, do we know how many they are? Do we have any idea? We, have no, we know nothing, basically. We really, we know there are two people indicted. Right. And we know there was one person who took a plea, right. David Wildstein. And when you read the indictment and you look at the court papers, you understand that there are a number of other people that... Mr. Fishman, matter of fact, today in court explained that there are a number of people who have involvement, but they do not have enough information or enough facts that would give them confidence that they could obtain a conviction. Right. So they chose not to indict them. Right. 
currently. I mean, he used that word today in the, in the proceedings in front of the court. At the moment, we don't have enough information to indict them. And they have the freedom to do this. I mean, even, at, even if these names get released, they can, sort, they can indict others if they do put together enough uh, information later if on. If they learn additional facts, absolutely. Right. Very, very interesting. So we will uh, certainly keep our ears open as this proceeds. And, um, but, your, uh, but the uh, joint committee, your work is over. Yeah, the uh, joint committee, the two- those committees only last as long as the legislative session. So right. that was created at the beginning of the last legislative session. And when we reorganized this past January, that committee expired. Uh, you know, there is always the promise that at one point in time, should the need arise, the committee could be reconvened. But... Nobody wants to interfere with the two trials that are sure. pending, Bridget Kelly and Bill Baroni's trial. So it may be some time before the committee, if it does reconvene, sees any work. And is a joint committee between the two houses of the legislature, is that, I mean, is that unusual? Is it's that very I mean, unusual. I mean, when I first heard that, I thought that's interesting, but I was just wondering, has that ever, been, has that ever happened in the history of New Jersey, to your knowledge, that a... There, uh, two- there are a number of occasions where one committee of one of the houses of the legislature has gotten subpoena power and right. investigated something. Pretty unprecedented for both houses of the legislature to convene one single committee to investigate a topic. And given the enormity of what happened, sure. and, and I know there's disagreement about it, but here's a statistic that's really eye-popping. The Port Authority's budget is bigger than the budget of 26 states. Wow. In those 26 states, you have legislatures and newspapers and advocacy groups all weighing in on how the money's spent. Port Authority, two individuals, governor of New York, governor of New Jersey. And that's it. That's it. Wow. That's uh, a lot of money to be in the hands of just two governors. Yeah. And uh, one of the governors, I mean, our governor, I know that his, popula- uh, his popularity has dropped uh, precipitously over the past uh, year, I think somewhere in the 30s now or something. And, you know, those numbers moved back and forth. But I would imagine a lot of it had to do with uh, Bridgegate and the response. And we'll see what happens. I, I think it might have been partially about Bridgegate. But I also think that a lot of people felt that he abandoned the state. I mean, right. he was pursuing the presidency, and, and certainly that's his right. But... Uh, as a consequence, he was an absentee landlord. Right. And uh, we know how that has gone for him. So, all right, let me, um, let me continue. Thank you, John. We'll be right back. Um, I want to um, mention um, the passing of someone who, uh, over the weekend, who is uh, an absolute uh, wonderful international citizen, um, uh, former heavyweight champion, Muhammad Ali. Um, I, I have to say that... Um, I had the opportunity many years ago of meeting Muhammad Ali. I was on vacation in uh, Puerto Rico in 1976. Um, I was a senior in, in college, and I was uh, with my buddies. We had rented one room in some horrible hotel to be down there for the week in intercession. And Muhammad Ali was in town fighting. He was uh, training for the fight with a uh, heavyweight uh, European champion named Jean-Pierre Koopman. And they were fighting in in San Juan about uh, three weeks from when I was there. And every day he was training, there would be lines to get in. There were about 300 seats in a auditorium where you could watch him train. And they would let people stay there for about a half an hour, then a new group would come in. But you had to wait online for hours, which we never did. We never, just because we heard that it was too hard to get in. So one evening, I guess it was about the third or fourth evening I was there, um, I walk into the, the El San Juan Hotel, and who is sitting there on a couch with his then-wife, Belinda, is Muhammad Ali. 
just very quietly sitting by himself. I walked over to get an autograph, which he was extremely courteous. And I said, uh, I'm a big fan. I, uh, I am a big comedy fan. I love watching you and Billy Crystal go back and forth. And he was very kind, gave me his autograph. I walked away. But what I saw next is what actually stayed with me my entire life. A young boy walks over to him, maybe seven, eight, nine years old, and hands him a $20 bill and says, uh, can you sign this for me for good luck for my dad? So um, he signs the $20 bill, and then he puts it in his own pocket and says, well, it's got my name on it. You're going to have to fight me for it. Mm. So Ali gets on his knees and starts doing this sort of like shadow boxing with the kid, and the kid is hitting him in the chin, and Ali is like, you know, making believe he's really getting beat up a lot. And he says, okay, 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 you beat me. Here's your 20 bucks. Here's your 20 bucks. And that whole incident may have lasted about 20 seconds, but I thought to myself, here is a guy who is one of the most famous humans on the planet for the longest time, a kind individual. He did not have to spend that kind of time with this kid. And other people were just staying away. I mean, it wasn't like he had handlers. It wasn't like, you know, it was this... Um, he didn't get, have crowds around and people were respectful. But I thought the way he was with this young boy just indicated to me a kindness, a gentle nature that is so lacking in celebra- you know, in celebrities today. So um, at the age of 74, I mean, the age of 74, which is the age of the candidate that I'm supporting for president of the United States, so that has kind of stuck with me. And um, I wish um, Muhammad Ali and his family a um, respect and peace. And uh, wherever he is, I hope that he is um, just having an absolute great time. He's um, a real champion for, for people and a real champion for uh, what he believed in. So, all right, let me continue. We're going to introduce the rest of our uh, panel. Going from uh, from John, we have uh, comedian Missy Allen. Thank you, Missy, for being with us here today. Thank you for I appreciate having me. Missy, is, uh, I've met Missy on the comedy club circuit at uh, Take 5 Comedy and other comedy uh, other comedy shows around the uh, uh, the state. Um, you're doing a great job. Very, very funny stuff. Um, we have uh, Jeffrey Paul. Jeffrey, thank you for being here. Thank you. Jeff is... Um, <laughs> Jeff actually did a favor for me uh, schlepping up to New Hampshire. Yeah, nice to, little six-hour ride. Uh, nice little six-hour ride. He donated his uh, stand-up comedy time for a... Um, an anti-drug program that a friend of mine was running up there, and he drove six hours, six yeah. hours back to do stand-up comedy and, and make uh, some uh, really very generous of, of your time. Very funny stuff. I appreciate that very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. And I got mozzarella sticks out of it, and so you got mozzarella it was totally sticks. worth it. It was completely. Okay, I detect sarcasm, but I definitely <laughs> appreciate Jeff also works regularly at the Broadway Comedy Club, I Caroline's, yes. and uh, so we'll plug that a little bit later. So thank you for being here today. I appreciate that. Um, we've got to your right and to everyone else's is right. Uh, we have Assemblyman Michael Patrick Carroll, who is um, a uh, ongoing, wonderful, great sense of humor, and uh, very a little bit more right wing than I am. But I appreciate you being here today, also. 
You have nothing to say, <laughs> which is very unusual for Michael Patrick Carroll actually being quiet. But I appreciate you being here today. The pleasure is all mine. I sure. think, as it, as it should be when I'm the host. Okay. So I want to open up. First thing I want to talk about is um, tomorrow is the primary. We have got um, some local races, but the key race in New Jersey is on the Democratic side. I guess Trump is uh, not running against anyone, but former Governor Christy Todd Whitman has actually asked members of her own party not to vote for Trump, I guess as a huh. protest vote, but to vote either for John Kasich or for Ted Cruz. I guess you said John Kasich. And I, obviously it's not going to have any effect. But uh, what do you think? Why? Why? It's, it's, it's a waste of a vote. Right. Well, some people would say voting for Trump is a waste of a vote. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, basically, on the Republican side right now, he's basically running unopposed. Right. You know, I mean... He has been since the beginning of the primary. No, he hasn't. You know, that's not 100% true. I mean, he he just... I think what what this primary showed is that people are, are done with... You know, politics as usual. You know, I think it shows a lot of dissatisfaction on what's going on in Washington and, you know, government, you know, as, as, it's, as it's been. And I think, you know, people, I don't know if they're actually voting for Trump, but I think they're voting against what's been happening. See, I, I definitely agree with you. And, John, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And I was going to probably go exactly where you're going. Sure. I, I agree that there's a, there's a large degree of frustration both on the Democratic and Republican sides about – the status quo, and, and I think that explains to a large degree the success of Senator Sanders. Sure. But what concerns me is that you've got a candidate in Donald Trump who says things that are just wrong. And people are essentially saying, well, it's okay. No, it's not. I mean, you, you, can't, you, you can't express the disdain for the rule of law as he has by questioning a judge's decision-making because he happens to have Mexican heritage. You, I mean, it's, 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 it almost reduces the office he's running for to that of a, you know, a third world dictator that uh, he, he can. Well, the he, Constitution he doesn't allow that. So that, that you know, that, that can never happen. It's, you know, it's, it's not, he's not going to be a king or anything. There's, there's still checks and balances in this no, country. No, worse, he's going to be a demagogue. He, he can't be. He <laughs> Again, we, we, have, we have checks and balances that, but, that prevent but stuff but from the happening. Thing. The system of checks and balances is there for a president and a Congress and the Supreme Court to check and balance each other in a normal course of logical discourse course amongst people. The problem that I have with Donald Trump, I think he's a great entertainer, is it scares me the way the people that he attracts and the way he attracts them to his campaign. Through his attacks on, on people of, of Latino uh, uh, descent, his attacks on women, his attacks on, on the disabled, and it scares me that those are the people who are coming out of the woodwork to vote for him. And I understand that he will be the nominee for the, the, the uh, GOP, no question about it. And I think the point that Governor Whitman, who I have to say, I have not always agreed with. I, of course, never, I've not always agreed, but, but I think her sensibility is that this is the kind of person, and it's a quirk in the system, that he happens to be the, the, the candidate. But the, the, the point that I think she's making in a protest vote is that real Republicans, people who have been involved in the Republican Party, really have to make their opinion known. I mean, think about this. Uh, Abe Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, well, the Republican uh, Party was know, a lot different in I mean, Lincoln's day. Yeah, than no, but it what is I'm now. saying, even Ronald Reagan, you know, Dwight Eisenhower, and you put 
Donald Trump in the uh, in, in the same sentence with those leaders of the Republican Party? I mean, where have they? Change, it's amazing. Changing times. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, we, we are we are really seeing uh, you know a revolution, you know, almost a political revolution. You know that that's going to happen. And, and I, think this is ju- I think this is just the start. Yeah, Bur- Bernie's line: political revolution. Bernie's not. I'm not against Bernie. I don't think. I think Bernie's actually one, probably the most qualified candidate out of, out of uh, the guys who are still remaining. Sure. Um, but I, I just think. People are just so dissatisfied, and this is a vote against Washington. Now, I want to ask you. Or at least Washington insiders. If that were the case, then the Democrats wouldn't be about to nominate Miss Insider herself. Yeah, I mean, the Democrats are nominating. The Democrats are are likely. The system's rigged. We know that. Wait, 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 wait. The the, the convention is at the end of July. Why don't we wait and see what happens at the Democratic convention before we predict who the Democrats are nominating. She's 26, uh, I think, electoral you know, no, uh, votes no, away right now. Is that no, what they're saying? Delegates, delegates, delegates away. away. No, she's not. Uh, she is uh, neither candidate at the conclusion of the primary season will have secured enough elected delegates to secure the nomination. Yeah, Hillary's, your, your party pulled that superdelegate. Hillary stuff, is stuff relying... Superdelegates. Senator Clinton, Secretary Clinton is relying on unelected superdelegates in full disclosure, of which I am one, but... Almost three or four hundred. Are of you those. a superdelegate? I'm a superdelegate. Why do you Why do you see me have in the cape? Do you wear tights? Absolutely. Pulling okay. open his shirt there, you know, to reveal the S. You know, the big D. If you find a, If you find a phone booth someplace, you'll see me pop out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's my nerd shirt. I, I change in myself. But in no, myself the point The point I wanted to make is that the right is getting dressed. A fair number of those superdelegates pledged to Hillary at a point in time when she was the only candidate running for president before Bernie Sanders got into the race. Right. And and this is one of of the important points about the superdelegate system, which, and by the way, in all disclosure, I will be on the ballot tomorrow as a delegate, as an elected delegate for Bernie Sanders. You're not a a superdelegate, are you? No, 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 I'm not a superdelegate. I I couldn't even make... Because I don't want to see you in tights. You don't want to see me in tights (laughs) at all. I don't don't even want to see myself in tights. But I I will be one of the, if, if if I win, I will be one of the delegates going down to Philadelphia to uh, support Bernie for uh, yeah, get you know, out for there and vote for Joey Novick. Get out there and vote for Joey Novick. But <laughs> my, my point, my point is that the superdelegate system was set up, and, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz has, has admitted this is to you know make sure that the party stays in a particular direction. And when she was being interviewed, I guess about about a week or so ago, two weeks ago, and the question was, well, w- will the superdelegates go against what the Party has said. And she said, "Well, no, absolutely not. The if the majority of the pledge of the ple- of the uh, pledge delegates, the majority of the elected delegates go for one uh, candidate or another, the super delegates will naturally go in that direction, as they did with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in 2008. And then the question was, then why do we need super delegates if they're just going to go in the direction of what the people have voted for anyway?" And she had no good answer for that. I mean, I just, I don't kind of get the idea of... of you didn't Hill- want your own homegrown Donald Trump. I no. Mean, remember, um, this, this was done, because I understand it, John. Yeah. You correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a political historian, too. But the idea of the superdelegates in the Democratic Party came after McGovern. They didn't want that to happen again. And uh, the whole point was to nip insurgencies in the bud. Well, yeah. and, and it, gets, it gets actually more acute than that, because you're right, Michael, but what uh, Chairwoman Wasserman Schultz said recently about superdelegates, they are there to prevent the grassroots folks from taking over. Yeah, which is amazing to me that she would actually have the, um, 
the, the, the stupidity. The, well, I'm not. Well, why, why would that be a bad thing if that's what the constituents want? Exactly. My, well, I, well, you, you want to allow the grassroots to be reflected in the decision making, and for the chair of the party to say, <clears throat> "We have a system set up so that we can make sure that we can ignore the grassroots." That's a little undemocratic, small d. And, you know, in full disclosure, Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been my mother's and father's congresswoman in Florida for many years. And I've been down to events. Uh, how how are they voting in the primary? Uh, they're, unfortunately, they, they have passed on, so they will not oh. be voting in the primary. Well, why but, not? But they are, why, why should they be any different? Than should, <laughs> See, if they move to New Jersey and Hudson County, then they could still be voting. But, but the point is that I have had the opportunity of meeting. I think that's very know. unfair, Joe. I think what? there's lots of counties they could vote in. Oh, that, that is true. That is very, very true. They could be voting in Middlesex or in Hunter County Cook if County. they wanted to. Cook County. They could vote anywhere in the country now. They're all over. Are they still but, using the chads in Florida? Yes, they are. Actually, they're, the funny story about that is uh, in 2000, my dad voted. Um, first time he voted for uh, Gore Lieberman, a Jewish father. My Jewish dad in Florida gets to vote for a Jew for the first time. He's very excited about this. And when the whole thing with the hanging chads and the butterfly ballot came out. And by the way, people in their 70s and 80s had been complaining about the butterfly ballot for years in Florida. So it makes national news. And I'm on the phone with my father and I say, Dad, so did you vote correctly? And he gets very angry at me and he says, of course I voted correctly. I always vote correctly, I think. And that was <laughs> the answer. Because a lot of times it's really a terrible system of voting. But getting back to you know, getting back to Trump in this uh, conversation, I mean, the problem with the, the Republican Party and having someone like Donald Trump be the candidate. I mean, you see the reluctance in the leadership of the Republican Party to full-on support this guy. He's having fights with everybody. He had a fight, open fight with Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich criticized him for criticizing the judge. Then he criticizes Newt Gingrich. He, um, he finally gets Paul Ryan to endorse him, which really disappointed me in Paul Ryan. I mean, so th- this is not just the rank and Paul Ryan into a corner. Yeah, well, well, Paul Ryan had nothing. Where is he going to turn? This guy, he's going to be the. If he's not the Republican Party's uh, nominee, then then the whole system is is complete. It's flawed anyway. But this would really be a major black eye for democracy. I I have to go to Michael on this. You've been very quiet. I'm just wondering uh, what's going on. She's been quieter than I I know. But but you, but you know, here's the thing. Come on, you're pro women. You should be asking. I am pro women. Okay, let me let the women speak. Go ahead. What do you think? Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask your questions. No, I mean, go ahead. I mean, I'm a little scared if Trump is going to win. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why? Why are you scared? He's a man of the people. He's uh, he's had his own. He couldn't even. He couldn't even do the Apprentice right. He kicked off Brett Michaels. Which was, has always been my my. I was so sad at that. Right during the so meatball sad. I was very, I was very concerned. I, I, I tapped out after Amarosa. That was that was the season. No, I was but I mean seriously, that. he you saw how crazy he was right. in that. I'm sorry, I know you guys are Trump people, but he it's going to be scary for women and and, and minorities and. That sounds like a New York Times headline. You know, the, the, the famous one that says, the world ends, women and minorities, hardest hit. You, know? and, uh, it's, you think it's, I could get a job it's, writing it's, for them now? Uh, well, the, the point of the matter is, is that uh, the group thinks stuff doesn't fly very well. And, and uh, the, 
the way I look at the, the election, I think there's a lot of people who are very angry on both sides. Right. Uh, <coughs> the, the Bernie Sanders people are out there. At least it seems to be the Bernie Sanders <coughs> people are out there throwing punches and, and, and engaging in attacks. Oh, come on. Well, I mean, that's clear. Is... I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to suggest that you're <coughs> yeah. doing it. But the fact of the matter is, punch. No. Is, 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 that, is that you look at the, the rallies that are being held and, being, and, and people who are showing up with, uh, with malice aforethought. To, right. uh, and and that's, that's scary. I mean, it's not Trump who's out there inciting the violence. It's the people out in the streets who are wearing Sanders T-shirts and such. So that's, that's and, and you, I mean, you can't think for one minute that these are the people who are supporting Bernie Sanders every day on a regular basis uh, that are actually, I mean... If a Republican did it, you'd be out there jumping on the, on, on, and blaming assault. One Tea Party guy had been out there insulting anybody. You'd be no, all no, over I, the place. I don't, I'm not I don't, necessarily you, but... I only know. do that on stage at a comedy club because it gets a response right, so, so for, for a comedy club. But, but in reality, yeah. I know that if there's one Tea Party guy that says, you know, I love Trump, he, he doesn't represent the entire that, that, Trump movement. That, but, but you'll see, you'll, yeah. again, one Confederate flag at a rally, and all of a sudden, so it's a sign of racism. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking out here and saying that, that, that uh, there's some very disturbing uh, elements, shall we say, on your party's part, especially right. in the far left of your party's part, uh, who is so tolerant and so diverse that now, they're beating now, the daylights out of now, people. Now, let me ask you, who, in the, in the very beginning, were you supporting the governor in, in this? I mean, when the race first started, were Which you governor? Was, no, no, Governor Christie. Were you supporting Governor Christie no. for president? Who, who was your guy in the My original beginning? one was Scott Walker. Was Scott Walker, okay. Yeah. Now, which is interesting, because I think we've spoken about that. I actually predicted that Scott Walker would be the candidate. You can see how well I did so in, I. Those, <laughs> in those predictions. Was he the first uh, one to drop out? No, no, he okay. was. I think, to it. I think he dropped Bobby out. Bobby Jindal was the first one yeah, to drop Bobby out. Jindel did he even time. run? Yeah, yeah. he was but, but from Louisiana, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the problem is you had got, like people are saying we had this discussion before. People right. are saying Paul Ryan or Paul uh, Scott Walker was too boring, and you know, boring is good in a no. I, I thought I I want look. I'm a. Well, they said the same thing about Jeb Bush too. And, yeah. In that I, case, they were right. I, I, have a different, I have a somewhat different perspective on this because, you know, people like us, like the three of us up here and Stuart, uh, Palonis who's joined us in the audience, we watch this every day like it's, like it's a sports activity. You know, we are watching every single day. We read Politic or NJ. We read what's going on. I mean, so I have a different perspective. And I really thought that Scott Walker was going to be the candidate because I thought that the way he, what he accomplished in, you know, Wisconsin, winning re-election, winning the, re, winning the recall vote. I thought that he would be the guy that would be able to float in and accomplishing some of the same things that Christie did in New Jersey without the bravado. Um, I was, I've just been given the one-minute uh, signal, so we are going to be that finger great. meant? That is what that finger meant. It was, it was a kind way of telling me there just was one curious, minute. Just curious, who do you guys think is going to win? Trump, or who do you think is going to win? Bernie I, Sanders. We will, Bernie, I think absolutely you Bernie think so? Sanders is going to be the next president of the United States, but that's, that's me. I think in full disclosure, that's on my computer. Uh, we will be right back right after these words from our sponsors. You are listening to Joey Novick and um, New Jersey, What Exit, Politics and Punchlines. We'll be back right after this. If you've got joint pain, let me ask you a question. Would you like a high-quality knee, back, shoulder, or ankle brace at little or no cost? But just in case your reception isn't great, let me ask you again. Would you like a pain-relieving knee, back, shoulder, or ankle brace at little or no cost? Well, if you have Medicare insurance, you could qualify for these pain-relieving braces at little or no cost. And these are high-quality braces. They are very comfortable, and they've helped thousands relieve their pain. Now, I'd like you to imagine going on vacation, playing with your grandkids, just living your life again without pain. The Mobility Hotline is a referral service that connects folks with Medicare coverage and other insurance to accredited companies offering pain-relieving braces at 
little or no cost. And don't you worry about the Medicare paperwork. They'll handle it all for you. And they'll deliver your braces for free. Call the Mobility Hotline now. The call's free. 1-800-551-9839. 1-800-551-9839. Are you behind on your taxes? The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected if you owe over $10 thousand dollars in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote at 800-630-7197 800-630-7197 are you living with pain i was after a nasty fall i got relief with one hour pain relief i'm barry Yarconi, president and here's lisa a marine who was injured in iraq after surviving an explosion i was on horrible painkillers for lingering head shoulder back and knee pain but i hated the dangers and side effects My friend told me about one-hour pain relief, and now I'm off the drugs. One-hour pain relief is the result of 15 years of research on an amazing extract from hops, the plant used to flavor beer. Whether your pain is from an injury or just aging, you get safe, all-day relief in less than one hour. We're so sure you'll love one-hour pain relief, too, that we'll send you a one-week trial for just a small shipping charge. Call 800-269-4900 right now. That's 800-269-4900. There's no gimmicks, no obligation, no automatic shipments. Stop living with pain. Call 800-269-4900 for your one-week trial or visit onehourpainrelief.com. That's 800-269-4900. Your business only gets one chance to make a first impression. That's why Green Birdie Productions offers free re-edits on every high-definition video we create. Our Emmy Award-winning staff and green screen special effects studio guarantee the quality we strive for. It's no wonder most of our business comes from referrals. Green Birdie Productions. Compelling video. Competitive price. a show that was just called and we're back you know and it would only be the second half of a show and it would just be like we start out to go and we're back i think it was great for you Bruce. take that the wrong way too, I, then, and right? we're back well what would be the wrong way go ahead come go with on it. joey go with it no no go with it i want to hear uh i want to hear some of that wacky uh and we're comedy. back like it would be like a homosexual and, and, and we're on, back right, and, be on logo radio hey and we're back. Well, we are back. Okay, let's. Uh, so we uh, before we left, we were talking about. Uh, you were asking who I thought would win. No, seriously. In all seriousness, who do you guys think? Because I, the Republicans are like Trump is going to absolutely win. The Democrat. Who do you really think is going to win? I, not I, that you're a well, I, I, I told you who I think. Look, we're, yeah, we're, we're not, not. We're not. Well, not no. Stop. Win. Stop. Stop. I mean, first of all, we're not at the convention yet, <laughs> and the reality is, is that you really think he has a chance. Well, absolutely. Super delegates yes. have. Really, Super delegates are not bound. Okay. All right. So those superdelegates, as we move through California and D.C. and New Jersey and we get to the convention, we'll have an opportunity to consider who the better candidate is. And if you look at every matchup, all the, the national polls that match up the candidates 
Bernie Sanders does better in virtually every matchup against Donald Trump than Hillary does. So you think Bernie could actually beat I think Trump? Abso- absolutely. I think really? he's the Democrats' best chance. And, to and beat I will Donald tell Trump. you, and I will tell you why. I have been. I happened. I met Bernie Sanders on the streets of Burlington, Vermont, about 30 years ago, about 25 years ago. He was running for Congress for re-election for Congress, and I was up in Burlington working a Comedy Zone comedy gig, and I happened to run into him on the street. We were chatting. <laughs> Were you hosting? Are, I'm sorry? Were you hosting? I was featuring, but uh. thank you. But thank you for, you know, and was, but I was, um, I, I was a fan of Bernie's because I had always read about the socialist mayor okay. of Burlington. And besides, he's, you know, he's from Brooklyn. He had gone to Brooklyn Jewish. High School, so Jewish. So I felt kinship in that. Um, I don't know if you can tell. I am, okay. And I'm a Jew myself. Anyway, but the point is, no. I. But you've held a job. Hence held, that there's no, no food or drink held, here. No I'm, food just, <laughs> I'm Jewish too. I can say that. I can say that. I, I, I had no idea, before. you know, between Wisniewski and Michael Patrick Carroll, I had no idea what to bring. Uh, do I bring Polish food? Do I bring Irish food? What do I bring? Just bring the Manischewitz food. Just bring the beer. Bring the beer. I was just uh, doing it. Whatever, you know. But um, the uh, the thing is, so I, I run into him there, and we chat, and he's wearing a Bernie button. It says Bernie 92. So you know what year it is. And I said to him. Oh, you put I, that on Facebook. That yeah, I put that on Facebook. Okay. That's the button. So I liked I, it. So I said, thank you. <laughs> I was like, could you, uh, could you uh, put in that uh, Missy Allen liked my button on Facebook? Just write that in. So I uh, said to him, can I get one of those buttons? Because my daddy's name is Bernie, and I would like to get him the button. So he says to me, um, here, take, take mine. And he takes it off Aww. of his jacket, and he puts it on my jacket, and I've kept that ever since. So That was the, one hell of a sacrifice That was one hell of a sacrifice <laughs> for him. And he goes, and that was, he goes, boy, there's giving away stuff. This works. No. He planted uh, so, a seed. Right. So I, um, I brought the... The epilogue of the story is I brought the button home to give to my dad, figuring he goes, I don't want that button. I don't want people to think I'm 92. And I've kept the button after a true story. I've kept the button after all these uh, years. We ended up actually doing a comedy show benefit for him up in Brattleboro for his congressional race. I had four or five comedians also drive five hours for Bernie Sanders. Now they went for the mozzarella sticks. Did they, 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 they get mozzarella sticks. sticks? Yes. No, I think we got, and it was, the, the point is that I developed a, a bond with him. The point is he's not asking me to do these fundraisers. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. You know, for, those of, you, for the, those of you that are listening, and I walk in two worlds where people are very, very concerned about their image and very, very concerned about comedy is one and definitely politics is the other. And you, you're, you're very honest and open about that. I think that that's... Do I look like I'm concerned about my image at all? Not at all. You're, you're the one I, I, you're, you're the one standout sore thumb in politics. Hey, Wisniewski's got the tie, the white that, shirt, the that, good that, hair. That you know, blows my theory. Uh, blows my theory. I got my Sherlock shirt on. You do have your you do have your Sherlock shirt on. I'm gonna and I have my. Uh, I did a Republican show and Joey freaked out on my Facebook. Uh, oh yes, that's right. You he went crazy. Was, what's a Republican show? Well, she did she did a comedy show for that was the primary. Who was who was on the show? It wasn't actually a comedy show. It was a Republican party, right. a party, right. and Joe Piscopo was there. Okay, so Joe they Piscopo. offered me some time. Wait, wait. So where was the comedy? <laughs> Thank you. Joe. <laughs> I love. 
You know, I love Joe Piscopo. I constantly wonder what he does for a living. No, I shouldn't say that because Joe is a well, friend. Let's put it well, you know that his, his secretary or whatever just got busted for I saw that, embezzling yeah. a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Is that right? But so she didn't get arrested. He didn't put her in jail, honey. She, well, she was, she was in trial. She embezzled? Yes. A quarter, a quarter of a million. I'm shocked that he even earned a quarter of a million dollars. Ooh. How the hell did he? And just, he was talking so highly of you, Joey. I know he was. Well, actually, he's, one of the, he's, one, he's had a very famous case. John, I'll tell you, this divorce what? case where they, he was, his was one of the very first cases where they decided that you could distribute a person's celebrity in a divorce trial. Wow. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Now, were you, what does that even mean? Were you involved in no, that? No, no. I, I just, just want to make sure. Michael and I happen to follow arcane information all the time. And so what was this? He, they distributed his celebrity? They, 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 but it was like uh, but future, how do you, earning, future earning capacity. But how do you, ma- how do you break up something that small mm-hmm. as his celebrity? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't, use I'm sorry. Tweezers. I can't I, believe I, in 2016 I, we're talking about Joe Piscopo. I, I say that with love. He was very nice. He is very, he's very, very nice. And I got good stage time there more than Joey's offering me from my I, I absolutely, um, I like Joe Piscopo very, very much. He's a resident of Hunter County. Happens to be a registered, oh, de- happens to be a registered Democrat. That's, I was going to say, he's a registered, he's a registered Democrat. Democrat. He's a registered Democrat. He's, a, he's been a registered Democrat. And I spoke with him probably about 10 years ago. About, and he gave you running, a button. And he gave me, no, he gave me, he said, Joe, 92. No, he said, hey, that's how much money I earned this year. No, I, uh, I'm K, I kid before, because I love. But uh, the, um, the, the thing is, Joe, I actually spoke with Joe. I was trying to get him to run for office. Office, figuring that he could use his celebrity to run for office. And he said the only thing that he might run for if he runs for anything is that he would run for governor. Then he date like is, an 18-year-old babysitter yes, or something? Well, he, like he, married he married her. Oh, he married her. Uh, you're confusing babysitter. him with Woody Allen. Yeah, no, there no. you go. No, he, 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 married, he married his Jerry Seinfeld. His Are they still together? No, it's, one of the no. most bitter celebrity divorces that you're going to say, yeah. Other than the Piscopo one. Other no, than that's the, the Pis- that is the Piscopo one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very bitter divorce because Nasty. you know why? Because in a lot of yeah, a lot of the celebrity divorces, there's a lot of money to split up. And here, there was no. Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. I like Joe. Like Joe very, very much. I hope he's not listening. He had, he had that Johnny dangerously. He right. was not yeah. anymore. No, he, he was. He's calling up. I've never actually gotten a call from. Uh, what? Why don't you he's have the door? On. There's is a that... guy named Joe at the door. <laughs> hey, uh, can I uh, speak with you? Anyway, he kind of dresses like you. Yeah, Joe is Joe um, like he's the only one who's dressed up. The... Joe. Um, appeared at for you know um, Professor Paula Francesi yeah. from uh, Paula was my um, uh, professor at law school oh. in property and in commercial law. She's a good friend and she does um, fundraising each year for the Public Interest Law Network at uh, Seton Hall Law School. One year she brings in Joe Piscopo to entertain, huh. and Joe goes into he does. Uh, Frank Sinatra. He does three or four people, and no one knows who. You know, it's not going over very well in in this group. And I felt very badly because he, you know, he's a very very talented guy. Very, but he, you know, you make uh, make fun of him. But actually, even the name of the show actually comes from the bit that he used to do on Saturday Night really? Live, which was somebody would say, "Oh, you're from New Jersey," yeah, and go, "Oh, white exit." So, that's so why don't really you ever have him on? Then? I actually should. You know what I'm going to do? He's not coming gonna, now. He's not coming <laughs> now. I'm going to. I am actually Just tell him Missy referred him. I, and I wink. I'll wink, wink that way. But let, let me get back to what we were, we're talking about. I wonder how long it would take you to get back on I was track. wondering. You want to know who you got your next button from? I wanted to say, so when, when the Assemblyman, when John is saying that, you know, Bernie Sanders, I mean, I am um, a supporter of the uh, track that he is taking in going out there to try to convince the 
um, you know, the uh, superdelegates to support him based on the numbers that are there. Because if she, if she wins the nomination mm-hmm. and only wins the nomination with the help of the superdelegates, you're going to see, I think, hell break loose. I think you're going to really see... Well, I'm not sure I yeah. would choose those terms because yeah. that's what some folks are saying to criticize Senator Sanders. I, I yeah. think there's a robust debate going on. When's the last time New Jersey was even remotely relevant in the Democratic primary? Yeah. In 1976, and we ran an uncommitted slate in the Democratic primary for president, and that was the year Jimmy Carter became president. It's been right. a long time since New Jersey had any well. role on a national stage. So, he a, did well. Yeah, he cur- did well. A lot of courage yeah. there, uncommitted. Well, yeah, I, I, was, I think I was uh, 12 years old. I had nothing to do no, with it at the time. Still blaming you, John. I'm sure. It, it, uh, <laughs> still your fault. It's absolutely. But uh, the fact is, is that uh, we have an opportunity to have a dialogue and I think the Sanders supporters need to be part of that dialogue at the convention. Mm-hmm. And there's an opportunity between the end of the primary season when D.C. votes and the beginning of the convention for that dialogue to continue. And those voices need to be heard in Philadelphia. Now, once everybody is done in Philadelphia, it's the city of brotherly love, uh, the Democrats will come together. Sure. We will be behind one candidate, and we will be unified as a party. And let me, let me play devil's advocate for a second, because this is a question that I always get from the Hillary uh, supporters, which uh, I, I think I know the answer, but they say that uh, Bernie Sanders doing this is ultimately going to hurt mm-hmm. the candidacy of, of Hillary Clinton. And you know, I disagree. I, yeah. Actually, I think Bernie Sanders... Uh, being in the race has increased the level of debate. I mean, remember, when this started out, there was nobody paying attention to the Democratic side because there was one candidate. Right. This was, this was a snooze of a primary season. Uh, we have a robust debate. People are talking about issues. They're talking about how much it costs to go to college. They're talking about the record levels of income inequality. They're talking about the, the problems that ordinary middle-class families Face and, and that had not happened before Senator Sanders got in the And race. how to make them a lot worse. Well, Michael, you and I, uh, you, you would prefer to give tax cuts to the wealthy, and well, I, I think I, that's a mistake. Well, but, you know, you can call it what you will. I mean, last time we did that under a guy named Clinton, it worked out fine. In fact, the funny thing about it is, is if, if Hillary were to run on the policies that her husband endorsed or embraced or proposed, she'd get laughed out of the Democratic Party and have to run as a Republican. Tax cuts for the rich significant cuts in welfare, going after illegal aliens big time, reducing spending down to 18.5% of GDP. What's not to love about a policy like that? And it produced a major major economic boom. Give that man a Bernie button. Yeah, no, I mean, (laughs) you know, we've had this, you know, we've had this conversation, we've had this conversation before with regard, you know, and and Hillary, I mean, this is one of the, this is, you know, one of the concerns, again, where I've, uh, you know, is spoken with Hillary uh, supporters. Now, where where are you? Are you? I know you're. Are you a Democrat? I don't know what your what your Missy. What your uh, well to do the Joe Piscopo show? I was a Republican. Yeah. No, no. But I'm saying is, I know you did that as an entertainer. Right. As an entertainer. I'm a which, Bernie Sanders. You know, you are person. also a Bernie but Sanders you know supporter. I don't think he's going to get it, so I will be a Hillary Clinton. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, look. My my. The thing that I've said over and over again is, I am a Democrat. I've been a Democrat mm-hmm. since I registered to vote in 1972. As an 18-year-old, my very first vote uh, was for uh, uh, George McGovern. Um, even I my vote, father couldn't go that even far. Even your fa- father couldn't. Your father couldn't go that far. <laughs> that, that, but you do father. know that I was a big Christie fan, though. And yeah. I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm a Democrat. A big Christie fan. 
Oh, the big Christie fan. No, I, a lot of Democrats were, were Christie. A lot, a lot of Democrats like Christie. We really did. You know, and, and that proved to be, and, and I've never been a Chris Christie no. fan. I've never been a Chris Christie fan at all. I have to say, and and, and this is a guy, he's, I, I met him on many occasions before he became the U.S. attorney because he's a, um, a He's a graduate of Seton Hall. I'm a graduate of Seton Hall, so I've been to a number of events where he was the the speaker when he was the U.S. attorney. He came to Seton Hall, not, you know, like on a weekly basis, but twice a year he would be at some event because that was his alma mater, and I got a chance to speak speak with him. There was something always about him personally that I just just did not like. I mean, I just thought that he was very He doesn't have a sense of humor either. I'm sorry? He does not have a sense of humor. No, no, he he does not. I mean, I think, but, I mean, he does... I have to say that he has been able very successfully to make fun of himself on talk shows, oh, yeah. on the Letterman show, on, on the John Stewart show. I think that that is a quality that he does have. So I don't agree with you that he does not have a good sense Did- of humor. I think that he is a bully. I mean, I'll, I'll uh, stay, definitely think he's a, bully. A, I think he's a bully, but I think Don't that- you think we kind of need that, though? Um, you know what? You know what I think we need. We don't I think, need a bully in chief. I don't think we need a bully in chief. I, look, you've got to deal with him as a as a leader in the legislature. What I see from a distance as a as a citizen of the state of New Jersey, I see somebody who is a bully. I see somebody who who says that he can get things done by you know he you know this is who I am. I take it as you know this is who I am. I take it as it is. I blah blah blah. You know what? We had people like Martin Luther King. We had people like Mother Teresa. We had people who got things done and were and were, were, were leaders mm-hmm. based on their credibility, not on, the, on their being bullies. Could you see Martin Luther King? Hey, um, I had a dream. You better get to the back in front of the bus, pal. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, that's the kind of leadership he is. Uh, and, it, and it's bitten him on his on his keister because now his approval rating is like in the 30s because people got tired of the jokes. But like a bully, when you punch a bully in the mouth, they back off. And I think Bridgegate was an example of that. You know, he got caught. Is there anybody? Is there anybody that really really believe that he had no clue that it went behind to really you guys really believe that, yeah, that he yeah. had, he had no clue this is a guy who I kind of equate to kind of like a football coach well John and I were, were when, when when John first found that quote he and I were kidding around because I told him that I was actually the one who was the unnamed person in the emails. And if Chris did <laughs> that would be funny. But this is a guy that kind of prides himself. Hey, he knows everything that's going on. Nothing, he, nothing gets past him on his watch. He's kind of like Joe Paterno in that, but you gotta, in that, that regard. Very well and, then, and then all of a sudden, like, yo, now, now all of a sudden, he gets caught. I had, uh, uh, he absolves himself from all wrongdoing. The fact I, this, I think he loses credibility. I think he's a little bit full of shit. John, John, like I said, John and I had this discussion right before all this stuff really hit the and I said, the reason I never believed that this stuff actually had happened because it was so stupid. And I mean, if you're going after, if you're going after somebody, maybe you give him too much credit. Well, I know because Chris, <laughs> Chris, when 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 John said on the redistricting commission when the uh, when the tiebreaker came out and did something that Chris didn't like, Chris cut off his funding. And so that's that's how you go get revenge, mm-hmm. and and to to go for a traffic jam. That's just so pathetically stupid that not even. Yeah. In, 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 what amazed me is that Bill Baroni, who's a smart guy, apparently fell well, for that too. So I, I think that a, I think that there are more facts to exactly why this happened. I think that the public facts are that it was this retribution to Mayor Mark, Mark Sokolich. Yeah. I think there's Apparently. more to the story than that, and I do believe. Look, do, do I think the governor picked up the phone and called Bridget Kelly and said, hey, Bridget, send an email? I don't, I don't think that happened. Do I think that he was absolutely aware that this was going to happen? Yes, because the way this governor, and frankly, every governor, runs that front office. If you're in that 
rare real estate in that outer office, right where the governor makes his press conferences and does his speeches, uh, you're pretty high up in the food chain in terms of the governor's staff. Bridget Kelly was in that territory. Then she wouldn't have been asking other people in the office to delete the emails when she felt that they were coming down the line. John, she you, she asked them to delete the email because she was out of the office. John, so, do you think he could have stopped it? And I think he could have stopped it. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, that's where I think his wrong doing. He had the power, and See, he did and the, nothing. That makes him just as and, guilty. And the danger, the danger of this, if you remember, that this was over the course of uh, September 11th, it was uh, three, four days over the course of September 11th. And 95, I-95, which is part of uh, the uh, George Washington Bridge, right. is, a, um, uh, is, a, is a pathway out of New York. You know, 95, so talking- was 95 improved. It was Fort Lee that was the problem. Yeah. But I want to come back to, to John's thing because one of the things – John and I don't agree on a lot of things. But one of the things we did agree on was that the Port Authority is a nest of adders that needs to be cleaned out uh, sure. from, from cellar to attic. And you saw this week they had the stories about the salaries and such like that, what they're paying, how much overtime they're given and such like that. Uh, it, it just seems to me maybe when you're done running for governor, you can do something about attacking <laughs> that. Because, I mean, that entity – we went after a bridge. We went after a traffic jam. What we should have been going after is why the governors are using it as a pork fest and why it's spending so much money on its cops and things like that. I mean, look, as I said earlier, their budget's bigger than 26 states. Mm -hmm. They built a new train station where the World Trade Center was. It cost us $4 billion Mm -hmm. for one train station. And we can't, at the same time, can't get a new Port Authority bus terminal built because they've been saying they don't have the money. And they didn't for, want to do it in New Hampshire. They didn't want to do it in Manhattan. They yeah. wanted to do it in, what, Weehawken or something like right. that? Right, so you'd still have to find a way across. But $4 billion and they're for one at, train station. And they're looking at, what, $2 billion a mile for one mile of track from the uh, Newark train station down to the airport? There's See, no accountability with, with the Port Authority. Two and, people. No, it's run but, by but two people. No, no well, governor, it, no mayor, no politician. If it were run by one people, me, it would be done a lot better. Uh, one day I want to, you know, I want to get my own show in this station at some point. I think that would be a good. No, I'm just kidding. The, uh, the, the, no, <laughs> join the conversation. I'm going to come good in to have you on the program. Loop. No, no, I was, uh, I was just passing by. I thought I would say something, <laughs> and I think it's wonderful. You guys are uh, just meeting around the table. No, I, I think the the important thing to make note is what, which which I think what I've learned from Republican members of my borough council um, and and I've sometimes I mean I like the fact that as a member of the minority in the uh, in the assembly um, you are taking on issues that the Democrats sometimes don't recognize because they are they're in the majority and uh, I think that you are you know you try to poke holes this I mean this idea but I think we agree on this I think that this is you know the Port Authority as an independent authority that the governor has veto power over it's not just that there's yeah. other ones now what the South Jersey one John what's the one the Bridge and Tunnel Authority down Delaware Bridge, Bridge and Tunnel thing they, we have several authorities but there's one yeah. that covers some of the bridges and and, and there, there are other places where I think Wayne Bryant got himself into trouble with that because of that ridiculous toll collection uh, contract he had down there at 1.2. Yep. So, so there's a lot of stuff. And anytime any place is independent, it's always great if the person sure. running the show is uh, is like like in New York. What was the guy's name that used to uh, Moses Bob Moses Robert Moses and of who, course who did who did wonders because he didn't answer to anybody and it was only he only got beat like once or twice. That's great if you get a guy who's really truly dedicated to the right. public interest. That doesn't happen often. It's very rare. So, so yeah, it's um, it's definitely the case in New Jersey that uh, we're you know following the money and following the patronage is something that really is important. To do, there's no question about it. Um, let me go on to um, one more. I guess we have been another uh, ten minutes, you know, in the show. This has uh, been, I guess, been a very, very vibrant show. I want to turn to one lighter 
you know, topic. This is something that um, I know uh, in, uh, Assemblyman Andrews Wicker has put this in. The New Jersey has its primary in June for the president uh, presidential election, where election is not until November. Um, should uh, 17-year-olds be able to vote in primary elections if they're going to be 18 by by November? John, we just did that, right? Because a lot of states. We passed that bill. Yeah. Did you pass it? So yeah, the, bill, yeah, yeah. the bill has passed. They can register. They well, can, no, no. They can, they, they can vote. So they were re- always allowed to register, or now they're allowed to register early at school if they can right. certify they're going to be 18 before the next general. They can vote in the primary. But Zwicker, yeah, his bill, we passed the bill right. to allow them to vote in the primary. If they, they have to be 18 for the general. Exactly. Right. So it's for those people who turn 18 between June and November. It's not a bad, not a bad thought. Right. So is uh, the governor <coughs> going to sign this? Who knows? The governor, and do you think the governor will sign it? I mean, the reason Michael's is, got a cell number. He can call him. Actually, I, I do, but this <laughs> could we call him? Borrow your phone. Could we call him when on the air? I would like to. Uh, we like call Joe Piscopo. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we make, can make this like Let's part of ask the governor. I asked the, ask the governor. It's a, harm, I, it's a harmless I, little bill. You no, know, no. I, I, I was, you know, I was seeing this, and it's one of those things that I never would have thought of, but for someone saying, "Hey, they do this in Oregon, 20, you know, or or Oregon mm-hmm. and twenty-five other states," and I'm thinking, since they're going to be eighteen anyway, why keep them from voting in the primary if they're, you know, don't don't have them not get a choice. Um, of who's going to uh, be the only problem that could arise is if if at sometimes we have at times in the past tied actual elections to primaries not just and if they do that it's going to be a problem like if there's for whatever reason if we have a special election or something like that where there's a ballot question on there that may present a problem because they technically Mm -hmm. can't vote that time sure so So there are times so you're saying it hasn't happened recently no so they they couldn't so they couldn't vote in the May election, let's say. No. They can only vote if they're – they can only vote in the actual primary. Okay, well, I'm glad to say that there's a agreement here. I'm, uh, I, I picked this because I thought perhaps well, they passed. Well, they, they just they – re- they revised their voting bill, too, yeah. I mean, their automatic yeah. registration bill, which is not a bad idea. Right. The, uh, the, the last year they tied all sorts of other stuff into it and, and cluttered it up with all sorts of bric-a-brac and such like that, which, sure. which made it a bad bill. But the idea of automatic registration for MVC is a great idea. And what about um, same-day v- registration when you go to vote? Can you – not, should be able to vote. That's a problem because usually you have to put them onto a situation where you have provisional ballots in that situation, right. and uh, those are more of a pain in the tuchus than they're worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the pain in the tuchus is worth it because we need to have a system where anybody who wants to vote can vote, and we ought not create artificial barriers. If they've that waited that long to register. I mean, it, nobody in New Jersey doesn't vote because they haven't because it's too I, hard to register. I mean, I, I, but they I, may. I, and listen, people have one job, two jobs, three jobs. Mm-hmm. They're they're going twenty four seven. They're taking the kids to piano lessons and soccer games, and sometimes these things fall through the cracks. So we ought I, to make it easy for people who show up at the polls I, who haven't I, registered. I just, uh, I just have to say that I'm very glad that both of you, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're more liberal, you're more conservative, both, both use the Yiddish word tuchus. I, mean, <laughs> so, I am uh, I, I'm kvelling, I'm kvelling over the uh, use of uh, my people's just words. Just stop We would show, you know, it just showed. Stop spitzing. I, no, no, I, I stopped spitzing. I heard someone. Um, my family so, was the first non-Jewish family non-Jewish on the block. To so use, there went to the use tuchus. We were the first family. So I was, I was speaking to a group of, um, of uh, college students and uh, was at some political event a couple of years ago and there's a woman, this was in either Kentucky or outside of Ohio, Kentucky, and the woman is making a speech about organizing or something and she says, well, you know, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving away a lot of tchotchkes for no. the uh, various people who work for us and then I say tchotchkes 
And I laugh, and she says, oh, that's a Yiddish word. I know what it means, you know, and then she was explaining to me. And it was just such a funny thing to hear tchotchkes in a southern, a southern accent, tchotchkes. Um, although, you know, I have to say that I, was, I, I spent a month in Alabama working at a comedy theater down there, and it was, as a Jew, it was very easy to get my mail. My mom just had to put on the envelope, Jew, Alabama. came right to me immediately. And well, that's not it, actually uh, true. One of there my, you go. One of my, my best friends, the guy who's the best man at my wedding, his, yep. his brother-in-law and sister, we're in Alabama. His his uh, brother-in-law's a rabbi down there. Well, he was the other guy getting my mail. Okay, it was either him or me. We get we, he would yeah, get right. my mail. So, so we figured out there are four Jews. There in are Alabama. four Jews in right. four Jews in Alabama. <laughs> but um, I, you know, this has been an absolute uh, uh, fun show. I appreciate everyone coming from afar. I just want to very very quickly. We're going to start with uh, Missy because I want you to tell us where you're going, where you're going to be, uh, plug your dates, what what's going on this Saturday. I'll be at your favorite club. Catch a rising star. Oh, excellent! And who's uh, who's headlining down there? Some young uh, kid from New York, Juliana Galatini, or something like that. Juliana Galarotti. Yes, that's right. Him. Okay, and is it is it an all women show or is it? Uh, He's just a guy. A, Juliana. So, uh, the way you said Juliana, I thought it was Juliana. It was oh, a female. Oh, did you? Think that? that's, what, that's what I thought. I, I, was I, I was with you. I don't know where Joey was, but <laughs> I have no idea. I have uh, I have trouble. He was cavelling. I, I was cavelling, and it uh, was uh, spritzing to my eyes, and I couldn't People tell the gender. People from Jersey don't know an Italian guy like Giulio Gallarotti. He's Ju- mostly oh, like some really <laughs> up and coming. Hey, hey, come on, Giulio Gallarotti. Oh, have fun. Quit your fetching. And uh, Paul, where are you going to be? Uh, I got a few dates coming up. Uh, just see this weekend, June 11th, I'll be over at the Branding Iron in. Uh, uh, Peekskill, New York. Oh, very uh, cool. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, June 17th, I'm at the Alexa in Edison, New Jersey. And then June uh, 18th, I'm hosting a kickoff to summer at Linden with the Benjamins and a bunch of other bands. And then June 23rd through June 11th, every Thursday, they're doing... July 11th to me. July 11th. Uh, uh, no, June uh, 23rd through August 11th. Oh, through August 11th, yeah. okay. Uh, they're going to be doing... Um, Comedy Under the Stars uh, every night in uh, every Thursday night in Linden from eight o'clock to about nine thirty. You know, we're you know I want to give a shout out to uh, Rocco Romeo who does the uh, uh, outdoor shows Comedyville. I'm actually starting that in Flemington. We're going to be doing four shows oh. on the courthouse steps. I am going to call both of you to uh, reach out to see which you guys are witnesses. Your witnesses. I have two attorneys, one on the right, one on the left. Say you said you're going to book me. And what are you guys working on? You want to plug anything you're working on in the Michael legislature? Michael and I'll be doing stand up at the. <laughs> Voting session of the, the voting session of the legislature. Legislature. Exactly. I got a planning board on Thursday night, and I'm about right. an oral argument before a judge in Bergen County. There Friday you go, morning. man. I, that's Where what, will you be, Jim? I, I will be uh, this coming, uh, you know, at uh, the end of June, I will be uh, working at Broadway Comedy Club the oh. weekend of June 24, 25, getting back into uh, New York, uh, getting back into New York Wonderful. Clubs. And uh, this coming weekend, I celebrate my birthday. I turn oh. 62. Hey. Rosie and I are heading out of town for the weekend, a little celebration, and I'll be doing an improv for lawyers workshop for the Connecticut Defense Lawyers Association, teaching lawyers how to use improv to be great trial attorneys. Um, I want to thank all of you, John Wisniewski and um, Missy Allen and (laughs) and Jeffrey Paul, and of course the always wonderful Michael Patrick Harrell and Joan Novick. I will see you on the radio, uh, we'll hear you on the radio next week at uh, New Jersey, What Exit, and uh, Punchlines, and uh, politics. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.